0: slept in hey we're not judging sometimes you just need to get those z's
1: and if you need to snooze we'd much rather you did it at home in a warm comfortable bed than in our pews you can always catch up with the sermon later right here on the sunday morning sleep in podcast
0: you're still going to miss out on some things that we think are really important like getting together with other people who will love and support you who might encourage you inspire you who might challenge you in more ways than one. They might think differently than you, and they might give you the opportunity to practice loving somebody that is not easy to love. You're going to miss out on charming kids at children's time, and we won't be able to give you cookies after the service, but we will give you what we can.
1: I'm Susan Foster,
0: and I'm Chris Marshall,
1: and we're United Methodist Pastors in Reno, Nevada. We're not theological experts, perfect preachers, or homiletical harbingers of a new age. We're your average pastors, helping our congregations think through life's big questions every week.
0: We started the podcast, so if you're away from home or working, coaching your kid's soccer team, or maybe just sleeping in, you can keep up with some of the ideas floating around the church.
1: Each episode is a conversational version of a sermon we gave on Sunday, so whatever day it is when you're listening to this, we want you to receive it with an open heart and an open mind.
0: And a quick note, we encourage you to use your open mind to think your own thoughts. We don't expect that you'll agree with everything we have to say, but we hope that we're giving you a jumping off point to think about what you believe, how you live, how you love. And our sincere hope is that in the midst of that, you will experience the mysterious loving force in the world we know as God moving in your life. So please consider this. So Mark 3 verses 1 through 16. Is this
1: when Jesus calls the disciples? No, this is when Jesus starts messing with people on the Sabbath. Ah, he, he starts to with the Sabbath. He starts to push some edges and he starts to force people to, to realize that there might be something happening. On the Sabbath? Just on the Sabbath not just on the Sabbath, but that the, there's something important about his ministry that's gonna, you know, gonna challenge gonna them. And shake things up. Challenge make them make them think about things differently. What occurred to me where I started with the sermon was, you know those articles that keep appearing like on Facebook and like on clickbait that's all about like, what are millennials killing?
0: Oh, yeah. Well, people love to hate on millennials. Right. My favorite is, like, people love to hate on... Boomers love to hate on millennials. Millennials love to hate on boomers. And Gen X is like, do you know there's a whole generation between you that hates you both?
1: <laughs> well, well, but it was really funny because, you know, like, if you... Like, just doing a quick search before I wrote the sermon, I got a whole bunch. So, evidently... Millennials research- are to blame for boomers not being able to retire is the one I read recently. Yeah. These are much, much more, like, these are... They're killing these things. So millennials are killing cereal. I love cereal. Yeah, but evidently it's too much trouble to clean up the bowl. What? Evidently that's what the research I says. like millennials are eating like chia seeds for breakfast Great and other love. nonsense. Yogurt. I don't know why they're killing yogurt. Bar soap. Yeah. Yeah. Diamonds. Yep. Because blood diamonds, y'all. Y'all. Woke, man. Um... <laughs> Fabric softener, because they're like, why bother? Yeah. Okay. Physical banks, and I thought th- to that one, I was like, "Hello, physical banks! You're the ones who've told us for years not to come in your doors." Yep. <laughs> um, top sheets. Evidently, millennials are very into the um, the duvet, duvet cover. cover. Wine corks.
0: Yeah, because they're bad for the planet,
1: right? Cursive. Millennials are killing cursive. Millennials can do cursive. It's the next generation that doesn't know how to do cursive. Anyway, but it's like this whole, you know, like, it's just like this thing, right? Like, you read it and you go, what the heck, right? So, What will
0: the world be like without cursive? (sighs) Imagine being from another country who doesn't speak English or doesn't use the same lettering system that we use. And we say, oh, no, there's two different versions of the letter S because we like to confuse you. Right.
1: So when I think about this, it, it it immediately feels to me a little bit like Dag Nabbit those kids and their music, right? Get off my lawn. On, right. So so what I did was I went and said, What have boomers killed? And it's really funny because the housing
0: market, the job market.
1: There are actually The social safety knock mark. it off millennial <laughs> the environment. Because there are they're safe so there's similar lists for boomers, right? Oh, They've yeah. killed the five and dime. Oh typewriter, you know, five-and-dime stores, right? Like I don't know what those are. Like the target of their day.
0: The corner pharmacy with malts.
1: <laughs> well, no, they killed off the, the stores that had... We went in one in Mexico. I'm not going to remember the name of it right now. Yeah, but you know what I'm talking about. Like the old-fashioned,
0: like... The, it has with the pick-and-mix shelf and Pick-and-mix and
1: shelf and the, the little place to eat and then all the other things you might need. Yeah, the lunch counter and Lunch counter else. and all that. So anyway, that's what a five-and-dime was. Typewriters, cassette tapes... That was, that was boomers, eh? Yeah. yeah, evidently. Well, they're the ones, you know. We killed CDs, so it's right. okay. Yeah. Slide rules. <sighs> Railroads. Home cooking.
0: <laughs> Home cooking. We got Home those cooking, microwave right. meals for our kids.
1: Yeah. So then I was like, how long has this been going on? Right? Like, how long have we lamed the people who come after us for ruining everything? Right? Yeah. Evidently, there are ancient Greek texts. That are basically this—the generation that killed whatever parchment, right, right, or whatever, right? Like <laughs> Papyrus, there's like vellum. those kids and their newfangled ideas. Don't you they know?
0: know vellums better? <laughs>
1: <Right>. <laughs> and what it reminds me of is that that there's just reality in our lives, and that is that things change. Yeah, they do not stay the same, and there's a, a, an often a bit of ourselves that clings to what once was and how things used to be. Of course. Because it's just so much more comfortable. Yeah, well, we're, we're used to that. The devil you know, you know? Yeah. And that we have, like, our hometowns even have sort of two ways of dealing with change. You can either have the returning hero, you know, the sports star or the actor or the fill-in-the-blank person who, like, made good, right? By the way,
0: Colin Kaepernick, if you're listening, <laughs> you're welcome back to UNR whenever you want.
1: <laughs> well at least you're welcome back in our churches yeah absolutely (laughs) the other way is right is is the other is the who do you think you are who does he or she think they are i'm entitled to have things my way forever thank you very much right or they're too big for their britches uh how dare Uh, they think they own this world and isn't that that guy from that family that we know who's always in trouble
0: uh jesus Right. Actually, don't they say, isn't that that son of Mary? Which is very, it's a huge insult to his dad.
1: You know, or wasn't that, isn't she the one who was always getting in a mess? And especially when she has I, no authority here. She because has no authority here. And I think she was we, a child here. Right. And we come up with that. We, 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 we spout that all the time. Especially when they reveal something that needs to change. Yeah. Like the five and dime. Like the five and dime. Right. And the or slide
0: rule. The slide rule. And cereal. Cereal. <laughs> The top sheet. I think uh, you know. cereal
1: going anywhere any, anytime soon. We resist these these things, right? And like, you know, some of the like fabric softener. The exam- fabric softener example. That's an that's an example because Procter and Gamble invented fabric softener. Invented fabric softener to ruin your soft- towels, and, right? To make your towels less absorbent. Anyway, but they want—they have a product that they want to sell. Of course. Whether we need it or not. Mm-hmm.
0: I do use fabric softener, by the way, as a millennial on my dog's bed.
1: Because she yeah. likes it when it's soft. <laughs> and it kind of makes it a little water resistant.
0: Just a little water resistant. We need that my dog.
1: <laughs> yeah. But I think one of the things I see is that, that Jesus evokes that second response in people. Mm-hmm. How like dare he? Does, how dare he? And it's the response for innovators, right? It's the response for people who don't keep the party line and people who are pointing to a new truth that upsets the old ways. Mm-hmm. How dare he? Exactly. How dare he?
0: It's like, was the full house catchphrase? How dare you? How dare
1: you? Well, I never. I never. Anyway, and it reminds me, you know, seeing the story and thinking about this what happens in this passage is it? it reminded me of how hard it is to go home. Yeah. Yep. It's hard to go
0: home again because you're a different person, but you just snap back into the same routines and patterns or, and or systems.
1: If, or if you don't, it, it feels uncomfortable. It doesn't feel... Sad,
0: you know, it doesn't have that same feeling. Um, And nobody can figure out why you're not just doing the thing that you've always done.
1: Right. Well, and I remember, like, I just remember um, after my second, after my sophomore year of college, I moved home for the summer to take a class actually at UNR. But I remember how uncomfortable it felt. To live in your parents' house again. To live in my parents' house again. Like, I didn't understand why my mom had things organized the way she did in the kitchen. Uh I mean, it, it wasn't even like that we were in high conflict or anything like that. But it was more like, this is not how I would do it. Right. Yeah. and that feeling of like I would do it differently. And
0: hey, shout out to all the kids going away to college for the first time because yeah. it's going to feel that way when you come home for Thanksgiving, yeah. when you come home for Christmas and when you come home for break. Like right. it's just Even
1: even if your room looks exactly the same and actually we moved into a my parents moved, you know, to had a different moved house. Communities Yeah. communities by the time I got I did that, but but I also like remember even now, you know, three or four years ago when my mom would visit me at my home And she would try and rearrange my kitchen. (laughs) Right? And she, like, like, I especially think I have these bowls that are like serving bowls, right? And Uh when you live alone, how often do you put vegetables in a serving bowl? No, you just put them on the plate. Right? But my mom was like, when she visited, we would put things in... She's like, why are these so high? And I'm like, don't use them unless you're here. (laughs) She just could not wrap her head around that. And it's just, you know, those things, those uncomfortable feelings. In this passage uh, towards the end, this is where Jesus sends the disciples out two by two Mm -hmm. and tells them to teach them. To teach them what their, their new life as a follower of Jesus is going to be a little like. Not you're not going to be now. on your own. Yeah. Here's the life lessons, right? And so he gives them some life lessons, right? And it's like... Travel don't, light. Travel light. Don't pack too much. And I made the joke, like, we all know people who pack too much. Raising my hand, and Raise, so Susan. she. I have traveled with Susan. Chris enough. Susan has a bag
0: just for her shoes. <laughs>
1: only when we travel by car. Okay, that's fair. When we travel by car, we always overpack. But anyway, yeah. But I have a I have a friend, a colleague friend who um I, I was like, "Oh, we can't go anywhere together cuz I the way she packs drives me nuts." Right? Oh no. <laughs> and she's always she's always that person at the at the airport that's rearranging stuff so the weight limits match. Oh no. anyway, but Jesus, I mean, that's really good advice, right? Like let go of the baggage. Yeah. It's like, don't, don't carry those, those Don't assume you don't, that your last failure defines your next encounter. Right. Yeah. And, and don't assume that, that all of that is definitive of anything. Let it be what it is. Let it be what it is. He says, um, Jesus says, when you, when you find a place to land, stay there. And what he's indicating is, you know, make relationships, Mm -hmm. invest.
0: Yeah. Don't just like think that you've checked off your box and move on.
1: Right. Like this is, these are, you know, these are people you're interacting with. It's just really powerful to say like, you know, that's what you're supposed to be doing is investing in these people. And then, then the last piece of advice is to shake the dust off your feet if you're not welcome.
0: Yeah. Don't worry about it. Let it go. Let it go. You're not everybody's cup of tea, right? And um and, how, and you trying to force it might make it more difficult for the for next, the next person, person who is the person who's gonna
1: bring them the news they need. Right. And how, how we have to we have to claim our own stuff
0: mm-hmm.
1: and and let the rest go. Yeah. And um and, and all of those things are really good. And none of it is about holding on to the pieces of the past.
0: And none of it is about converting anybody to think the way you do. Right. Yeah. It's, right. It's just about saying, Okay, things are gonna change. And these people aren't ready for this right now, and I'm not going to force it down their throats. Yep. So I'm going to move on, keep doing my thing.
1: Yep. And so then the so he gives them this advice, right? And then they go and experience it, what this new life of, of being a disciple is like, and they realize they can heal and cast out, um, and they can risk being odd. Mm-hmm. They can risk being different and following the call of their lives. Yeah. Right. That's a really powerful thing. Yeah. Right. I think we when we talk about these things, oh, that used to be that we're so put our rosy glasses on and we think, you know, I mean, I'm not sure cereal falls in that category, but I think in general, the idea that things are going to be different in the future and that's okay. Mm-hmm. And that as we, as we all live into our collective calls, we're going to create something new. And in the church, that's the message we really need to hear, right? That we're not, that we're not stuck with this preformed order a church out of a Sears robot catalog feel, yeah. <laughs> that, that that our communities can, can change and will change and will respond to the spirit and do things in new ways that are pretty pr- powerful. The other piece of this it reminded me of is, is whether I asked my congregation whether they know somebody famous or infamous, like uh-huh. maybe they went to high school with them or something like that, yeah. right? And, you know, that, that the kid brother of your friend who's always just going to be your brother, your friend's kid brother, but they're like well-known for something. Justin Bieber. Right. <laughs> A woman in my congregation was in youth group with Stan Hauerwas. I don't know who that is. Um, he's a theologian. Okay. You, you've you heard his stuff. You just, yeah. Anyway, but she ta- talks about him being this kid in youth group, right? And now, I mean, they're still friends, you know, it's, yeah. it's 50, 60 years on, but they're still friends. He's always going to be that. The kid from youth group. The kid from youth group. And and we're always going to be that kid from wherever, or that person from wherever, to some people. Mm-hmm but that God sees us in our fullness. Yeah. God says, this stuff is going to change, but you, you, I have called. Yeah. And that is
0: impressive stuff. It's fascinating to me when I go home, this has only happened a couple times uh, since I've left home, gone back to Merced where I'm mm-hmm. from to preach. Mm. And some of the folks who are there are my Sunday school teachers and my mentors, right? And, you know, and, and they remember me when I was a kid. And so it's very much like, Good job. Like, right. you know, well done. Good sermon. And then there's other people there who've never met me before. They don't know who I am from Adam.
1: And they're like, what And the they hell know is she that preaching? like
0: vaguely know that there's this one pastor who came out of this church a million years ago. And that, you know, they have no yeah. connection to that, but the people who have been there yeah. want them to know, like this is we have this person. Right? Right? Right, right, right. And uh, this person who has gone on ministry, which is really touching for me. But right. then I go home and it feels strange to preach there yeah. because but, you know, those are my Sunday school teachers right. and it's more comfortable for me to preach to the people who are new in right. that place Right. and to right. recognize that this is their place. This is not my place anymore. Right. And that's okay. That's okay. And so to find ways to let go of what you've been before and who you've been before mm-hmm. and where you've been before so that other people can take that space.
1: Right. Well, and so that you can operate in the space that really is yours. That is your space. Right. Yeah. Because like, I think sometimes we get caught up in what we used to be. Mm-hmm. And we don't allow ourselves to be who we are becoming. And that's that's just as bad as saying, I don't want to be, right? Like, yeah. I mean, it's like, we're not static. We are supposed to be growing. And they, we've talked about this before on the podcast that that I think God sees us in all of our possibility, mm-hmm. loves us as we are right now, but also sees us and loves us into those, into the, the preferred,
0: possibilities. preferred
1: possibilities. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be stuck being who I was at 22.
0: Yeah. I know I was pretty cool, twenty-two year old. I don't
1: know. I, cool uh, I, don't know. I, I had to. Worry you did, you didn't did. know me back then. I didn't know
0: you back then, but I'm, I'm sure just you were saying. a pretty cool twenty-two year old. But you're not her anymore. But I'm not her anymore. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, Susan. Thanks to all of you for listening to the Sunday Morning Sleep In podcast. Uh, thanks for listening to the background noise. There's construction going on outside my window. Yeah. If you have any questions for us or stories that relate to what we've been talking about today about letting go of your own baggage or uh, or traveling light, shoot us an email at sundaymorningsleepin at gmail.com you can find us on facebook or you can find us on soundcloud you can find us on stitcher you can find us on google play music and itunes you can find us at sundaymorningsleepin.com you'll find the entire archive every episode we've ever recorded along with uh, what we would call show notes Um, (laughs) just links to things that we've been talking about including the scripture the scripture for today is mark 3 verses 1 to 16 And the theme music you're hearing is Take Me Higher by Jazzer.
1: So we end worship with a sending forth and we end this podcast with the same. And so the sending forth is is go into the future and travel late, carrying not the baggage, but the love and the hope and the joy that God has given you so that you might be able to be who God calls you to be. Amen. Amen.